produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Eric, Kylan, and Mike. I almost forgot who we were. It's been so long. It's, it's, it's been a while. Um, speaking of a while, hey, you know there's been football going on. Check mm-hmm. out our affiliate uh, Fan Chest and get your Fan Chest box in time for the Super Bowl, uh, whether it's your team or not, because mm-hmm. you know what? The Browns weren't. Browns were actually contenders this year. Uh, yeah, until that, until that, that th- until game until week fifteen. Yeah, that doggone tie took us. That that tie. Uh, oh, with believe the, me, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, not only that, on our homepage, also to check out our shop where you can get your very own Mighty Marvel Geeks hockey jersey, baseball jersey, winter hat, all cap, t-shirts, sweatshirts, etc. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. So, um. How was y'all's break? It was good. It was about two weeks too short. Uh, I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. I, I Not because I don't like talking with you guys. But do you like to have one whole, more time off? J- just that whole got to get up and go back to work thing. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. They they say that the first five days after the weekend are the hardest, and I'm beginning to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, that was a long drive back to the office on the first day back. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you, you know, we had that awesome, some might even say fantastic interview that came out the day after Christmas on Pike. Yeah. It was fantastic. And if you haven't listened to that, what are you doing <sighs> listening to this? Go back right now. Go back and listen to that issue with the cast and the director of Fantastic Four, the unreleased, underground cult classic Roger Corman-produced version that is arguably the best incarnation of the Fantastic Four on the silver screen. I agree. Yeah. I thoroughly agree. We will wait. We're not going anywhere. Uh, I got a stack of comics I can read. You guys go ahead and take your time. <laughs> okay, here we go. And... Hey, welcome back. Hey, you think that's enough? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome back for those who just finished listening to our Fantastic Four interview. Um, and if you were and if you were good at Mighty Marvel Geekites, then you listened to it already. So hey, you didn't have to go anywhere. Isn't that convenient? Yeah. <laughs> now I I will say um, yes. We labeled it Max for those who are familiar with the old Max line, especially <laughs> words that appeared on the first page of Jessica Jones or. It was what alias at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, alias. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's there, there was a little bit of adult language there towards the end of that issue. Oh, actually, towards the beginning too. Well, midway through. Okay. Okay. But you know, it was it was okay. It was it was it was sincere. It, it, it was like that it was, was just, that was like you know it, it was it was like raw legit emotion. emotion. Yeah, it was, and we got to be a part of it. You know, yeah. and we would like to thank each and every one of them for coming on the show once again. Even though we thank the crap out of them during the sh- during the episode, excuse me, issue issue. We yeah, have the issue. issue, but uh, want to thank them once again because that was a that was an awesome. I was about to say fantastic, but I think we've used that word enough for referring to them. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I can't believe you know that's one of those things like I, I'm not sure if like the first time I watched that movie, if in my head I thought how cool would it be to talk to these people you yeah. know but but you know there's always like this part of you that wants to kind of have that interaction and years 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 later through sheer happenstance here we are yeah wow you know yep. as speaking of uh of movies that we wish you could talk to i wish that i could talk to robert downey jr and just about anybody in the upcoming avengers endgame motion picture because well i mean that would be a dream come true just about anybody yeah oh. I, yeah I would even take Drax at this point. Yes, yes. But uh, we do, of course, we have seen the Avengers Endgame, Endgame, not Endgrain, that would be woodworking, Um, (laughs) in which case it would be I am Groot. Uh, no, well, I say we just leave that trailer. one behind. Uh, I'm trying to branch out here, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> so we, but anyway, we have seen the trailer. We have seen the trailer, and uh, we the rumor is out there. The speculation is out there that uh, the that we're only going to see trailer clips from like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, I am so totally on board with that because that way you can't spoil anything. Exactly. I, I don't. I don't have to run around like. I did last year with Black like uh, with Black Panther, and I I didn't want to see any trailers. I had to go around closing my eyes, blocking my ears. Don't have to do any of that crap. Oh, you'd, you'd be you, doing Marvel. the bird box routine, you know, before it was hip. <laughs> I, you know, I really was. I, I, I <laughs> if gotta you say open that your eyes, you will be spoiled. Shocked to see that Black Panther won no Golden Globes. Well, they, they Black Panther only got nominated for Black Panther was nominated for two. I think one was best picture and I think the other may have been uh screenplay. It, it is uh, but the thing is superhero movies are what what the the uh the elitist side of Hollywood considers like bubblegum movies. Right. Right. Those so rarely get nominated for anything I was about to say anything meaningful, but that is not true, right? Because they get nominated for more on the technical side, and me being uh, coming from an art background, those are the awards that I actually would watch the Oscars for, like your know, best visual effect.
effects, best set design, best costume design, right? Uh, sort of thing. And so the superhero movies, they they do pretty well in these categories. It's just the 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 marquee awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the marquee awards. Those go more towards quote unquote serious filmmaking. You know, the ones that tanked at the box office. That's true. There were there was a couple of movies that that won awards, and I did I did not I did not spent a lot of time in the theaters back in 2018, and I was like, uh, what the heck is that movie? You know, but uh, you know. Whatever. So, so I, I do, I do hate that that Black Panther. Was, I think when the Oscars come out, I think you'll see Black Panther get a little something there. Yeah, we can hope. Uh, we can hope. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I think, Lord, I think Endgame is going to. People are going to be crying foul if it doesn't get anything. Yeah. Uh, just, just based on the history beforehand, before uh, to uh, Infinity War. Uh, do we know what Infinity War's been nominated for? If anything, I haven't seen anything. Okay. I could, I anything I could be wrong. But. I, haven't, I haven't seen anything, but I haven't really paid attention to, to Oscar nominations and stuff yet. But uh, anyway, like I said, we, we have seen the trailer, and we and one of the, the highlights of the trailer is Tony Stark sitting in, I guess, the Milano, or a, a spaceship like it, yeah. uh, where you know all the, you know, the food's gone, the water's gone, and the oxygen is about to go out, and he's recording his farewell message to, to Pepper, and and all the fields heart hashtag. Well, uh, at this year's Consumer Electronics Show, the car maker Audi announced their plan to mar- to partner up with Marvel. And I'm, I'm reading this from uh, from worldsfinestgeeks.com. And this partnership is a, a new virtual reality experience. The plan is to turn the backseat of their just announced e-tron GT model into a virtual reality game playing experience. Now, on the top of this, I'm just at first blush. I'm just thinking this could be awesome because I remember having to sit in the back seat of my mom and dad's car for like hours and hours trying to get to like a family reunion or somewhere else and just, you know, thinking, God, I'm just really bored. I couldn't read in the car. I'd throw up. So I was just I was just kind of stuck there. And so being able to have a virtual reality experience there in the back seat of the car, I think that would be awesome. Well, uh, this gaming experience will be named Marvel's Avengers Rockets Rescue Run. Hmm. So. S- sounds very trashy. So, R- Rocket is not an Avenger. He is a Guardian of the Galaxy. True. So, uh, furthermore, uh, the player will be weaving in between asteroids in outer space as they attempt to rescue somebody. They don't say who that person is, but the, the worldsfinestgeeks.com is saying saying that this, they speculate that he's there to rescue Tony. Now, uh, the article goes on to say, uh, truth be told, this experience may not relate to the movie at all, but being that Rocket was the only Guardian left after Thanos' decimation, it makes complete sense plot-wise that he would want to get back in space in search of the other Guardians. But there's just one problem with that. He was not the only Guardian left. Nope. No, that would be Nebula, although they could argue semantics that she is technically not a Guardian. They could, but... But, you know, but I, you know, I think I, I think we just might as well just go ahead and say she's kind of like a she's a kind of guardian. So, yeah, that's uh, and this 
article has pictures of the e-tron that's got like the special graphics package where it just it has marvel's rockets rescue run on the door and the person in the back seat with the vr goggles it, it i'm just gonna call it this probably is not as far-fetched as somebody might think because well you don't know it, it, first of all you don't know i think bruce was the only one who had any inkling of where tony went right i mean thor didn't know cap didn't know unless somebody told him and that somebody would have had to have been would have to have been bruce because he saw him go after uh, after doc so yeah that's that's something that's gonna have to uh, i think that's gonna probably be the thing where they would go of course the problem is rocket doesn't have a spaceship there on the on earth because hey they came via vipros so the that's question true. is question is if rocket flies to the rescue where to get the ship hmm. so this ties into with another theory that i have is you know there's a character from guardians that we hadn't seen and that's craglin yondu's old uh, first mate oh you know what you're right if you remember volume two they have that you know the part of the ravager ship that they were flying along in and looked like they were using as their as their base their quarters their ship right so what if thor uses the bifrost to get back to the ship hmm. so they could get another ship to go out looking for nebula and star lord and, and all that or he just takes them to titan oh because the milano would be parked there true unless he unless tony is in the milano right there hmm. it's hard for me to check because i don't i haven't looked enough at the milano interiors just to to be able to be so comfortable with it to where i could say just on a, a uh, on a shot like that and say oh yes that's definitely the interior right the only thing i the the, the most memorable thing that i that i that sticks with me about the milano is uh star lord's uh boom box yeah being um like installed in in the in the wall just behind the uh cockpit yeah that's the only thing that's the only thing that really sticks with me but now he doesn't have the co- he doesn't have the cassette player he has the zoom oh that's, that's right. what all the kids are listening to these days yeah sure it is Zoom. There you go. So I I do think that this theory is very plausible because he is he's pretty much the only space pilot left aside from Nebula. Right. And so if there's a rescue mission, he's probably going to be the one flying. I agree with that. So but I guess we'll just have to wait until Endgame comes out to find out. Uh, We got quite a few weeks before we get that. We only got a couple of months for another one, though. That's true. Yeah, uh, that would be. Captain Marvel um, that we're talking about. Uh, uh, speaking of which, the third trailer dropped um, a few days ago, by the time you get this, uh, earlier this week. And, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th- this one, you, you you definitely get a, you get to get a sense of the the banter between uh, Agent Fury and Carol Danvers. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, we, we know that this movie is, like, it's as as uh it's it's on a grand scale no we know that uh, but at the same time, you know, um, we know that Nick Fury is a little bit of a smart mouth and Carol Danvers is too. And so, um, you know, uh, from scenes where she's proving that she is not a scroll 
to um, the age-old question about uh, Shield's uh, apparently policy of placing its uh, logo on clothing and whatnot. Um, Which, of course, is a throwback to Agents of Shield. Yeah, it is. It is, and um, I, you know that you know, I was I, I was uh, explaining to people that um, I said I said okay, here's the thing: we know that there's a such thing as the CIA. We know the CIA exists. But and in, in some cases, we may know certain people are part of the CIA, but generally we don't know who is in the CIA, who's not. And I feel like that's the same that can be said for, for a shield. Like, you know, we may be seeing people who when you were on the helicarrier, they're in uniform. So, yeah, the shield logo is everywhere. But there's a lot of shield agents out there that you don't know are shield agents. So let them have their logo on a lot of stuff. It's all good. Just saying. Although I'm not sure if uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Carol will still understand that. Um, but you know the thing is, like you know there 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 there's something else about this trailer though. And I have a theory, and I'm just going to throw this out there now. Um, and it's something that I was talking to my wife about, and I she strong she feels strongly about this. In fact, she was the one who pointed this out to me. Uh, you notice that the trailer talks a lot about the presence of the scrolls and they keep calling it an invasion. Yeah, secret invasion. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that's going to be the next big arc. Well, we've already talked about that because we, we were potentially tossing that around as what that could be that could have been the name for Endgame instead of Endgame. Right. I, I mean, think about it though. I mean, that's a good enough uh, that's a good enough story that you know, and on top of that, it doesn't just have to be earthbound necessarily it's something that can involve the cosmic level as well right um i don't know i i think that'd be it i i'm, I'm curious to see how you know uh the 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 trailers at the end of the the end credit trailers for captain marvel what do we see with that uh in uh, and uh coupled with the end trailers for endgame true you know so yeah but so the 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 beauty of the uh, of this uh, latest Captain Marvel trailer, and I'll be honest with you, it's going to be the last one I look at. Um, you get a lot of the humor, um, which I, I feel like helps, especially knowing that this movie is is an epic movie, and sometimes those can feel a little overwhelming. So it's you no, know, it's good to know that there are moments where you have that you no know, kind of smart alecky, smart alecky Marvel humor that you get sometimes. Right, and so I I, I feel like that that does uh, that's a very good way to kind of help. You you know, add a little bit of levity, you know, to a movie that could potentially be very, be, be somewhat heavy, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it anyway. So oh yeah, that's just kind of like my thoughts on it. Well, I can't wait for it. Personally. Oh, I can't wait. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm, we bought our tickets already. I put you like that. <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think Regal Cinemas for their fan event for the first showing there, they say, Oh, get your collectible coin. Just call a challenge coin because we know that's what it is. Yep. So yeah, just call it a challenge coin. Um, 
but the producer, um, oh, who who is the producer? Uh, Jonathan Schwartz said that um, may the Schwartz be with you. Um, not the Schwartz I was quoting, but <laughs> merchandising. Um, <laughs> He was saying that the it was the Deconics com, comics, Kelly Sue Deconics comics that were vital to creating Brie Lawson's character. A mm-hmm. uh, quote from him is, yeah, you know, there's a run of comics by Kelly Sue Deconic that really gets to the core of the character in a way that we thought really made us want to translate it to screen. She really understood Carol and really made her modern and vibrant and cool in a way that she wasn't always written as. Sorry, that wasn't a great quote of all time, but a lot of great artists working with Kelly at the time. Dexter Soy is great. Jamie McKelvey was amazing, and it sort of represented a vision of the character that we thought would translate to screen really easily. And Kelly's actually been working with us on the movie and has been very helpful and consulted us and shot a cameo the other day, which... Hopefully you guys can pick can all pick out. But she kind of had she kind of had a vision for Carol that leaned into her Air Force roots in a really cool way and learned and leaned into the power of the character in an inspirational nature kind of at the core of Carol that we thought was super cool. So um, he continues. Everything Kelly Sue did was great. Um, Some of that's based on Earth. Some of that's based in space. It's all amazing. I would say it's much more useful as a reference for the character than for plot specifics, which isn't uncommon in these movies. Sometimes we go and say, we're going to make a movie about Civil War, even though that's a little bit, that's a little bit of an adaptation of that storyline as well. Sometimes there's a group of characters called Guardians of the Galaxy. Seems cool. Let's put them on their own, on their adventure. And sometimes it's, what's cool about this character, there's this issue, this issue, this issue, and all kind of becoming the grist for the mill filmmaking. Right. So, uh, very cool to hear that Kelly Sue was on set to definitely help um, bang out the script to make sure it stayed in or tr- more true to the character, even with the Hollywood changes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I know that it, it was because of the uh, the, the uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick um, run with, with Captain Marvel that that I felt like those books uh, really resonate. I know they really resonated with my wife, and that uh, that and that almost kind of launched her uh, into going into um, Carol Danvers' backstory, if you will. You know, right? Um, I mean, because she, you know, for the longest time, she. I mean, she's always been there. I mean, she's been an Avenger. I think she even was a defender for a while. Uh, and she's always been there, but for some reason, it was almost like, you know, yeah, you're powerful, but, you know, uh, you, you want you to stay stay back there. You know, but Kelly Sue brought her, Kelly Sue DeConnick brought her up, and, you know, I mean, she, she's pretty, she is one of, the mo- one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful uh, Marvel uh, hero. And on top of that, you know, she, she um, stood up to Tony, because apparently 
apparently Tony didn't learn his lesson the first time when uh with civil with the first civil war. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um yeah, you know, and I and I feel like that especially, you know, as we start we're starting to see more and more I I'll just say it, you know, we start to see more and more young girls uh embrace their uh embrace their geek and read comics and that sort of thing. And you know, I feel like, you know, it's good to see it, it, it's good for girls to, you know, have have somebody who is considered to be up there with the big leagues. I mean, like, you know, okay, so you you have Gwen yeah, you, you you have uh okay, she's no longer Spider Gwen, is she? She's she'll always be Spider Gwen to us. All right, yes. we'll so so you now Spider Gwen has some notoriety, but you know, Spider Gwen is not cosmic level, you know. In in the same way, as much as I love Luke Cage, and I know Luke Cage is an Avenger, but in my head he's always gonna be street level, you know. So and that's cool, but you know, there's something to be said for those heroes that you know get to that that can run with the Hulk and you know Tony Stark and Captain America, and she does that. So right. I think it's I, I think that's awesome, you know. Yeah. Well, I tell you though, uh, apparently apparently the industry is is kind of crazy over what Captain Marvel's done or is going to do because uh, y- you know there's uh, you know somebody's from Captain Marvel's already got another job. Uh, apparently this this article is coming from mcuexchange.com uh they say that uh, jack schaefer who uh, she wrote uh, part you know she contributed to captain marvel and uh the script for black widow they have given her the position of showrunner for the upcoming disney plus uh, show vision and scarlet witch oh my gosh and along with penning the pilot so she has written that and being the showrunner for that oh that's cool so yeah that is that is really cool and uh, i tell you what else is really cool uh like you know, we've we've talked about the Loki series that is uh, coming along to Disney Plus. Right. Uh, it's gonna have t- it's gonna have Tom Hiddleston in it, and uh, and quite frankly, that's the only way you get that show going. <laughs> There's there's no way you're going to be able to cast somebody else. No, no. And it, like hit like Hiddleston, uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen will be will be uh, playing their characters from the MCU. So that that along with the uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series that's coming out hasn't got a title yet. Uh, those are the three MCU series that are currently in development for Disney Plus. Um, now, will they have like umpteen seasons? I don't think so. No, but. More than likely, what we're probably going to see is one, maybe two seasons. I would the the article considers that you know points this out, and I kind of agree with it. We should consider this is kind of like the video version of a limited series comic. Mm-hmm. It's really what you should consider the Netflix series too. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. That is uh, that's uh, apparently Captain Marvel is not just being like the benchmark of the new phase of MCU, but it's it's pretty much about to be a water shed moment sounds like I, I i believe so um yeah you know and i remember a year ago well not in fact not long after black Panther came out um and people were talking about captain marvel and they said that captain marvel would um captain marvel would blow pa- black panther out of the water and, that's and, hard to imagine but the closer we get i'm really i you know the thing is like i mean just i remember seeing that first trailer 
trailer alone, and I had goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know what? It, the the thing is, if it does blow blow Black Panther out of the water, is that so bad? I don't think so. I mean, that just that that just raises the quality of Marvel's uh of of the MCU. It just raises it to another level. You know, you know, it doesn't it doesn't impugn what Black Panther was. No, right. Where it says it bl- it'll blow it out of the water. That's not a slam on Black Panther. That's like a difference between an A movie and an A plus movie. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to see this movie. I want to see the stuff that's coming out on Disney Plus. I, you know, it, it's such a shut up and take my money situation right now. I just, I, I it, already. <laughs> just like, yeah. You know, I, it, it seems to be every time you think you can't get more hyped for this movie. It's like Marvel Studios says, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, so then uh, that just uh, doesn't mean uh, that Shang-Chi is just going to, like, race kung fu movies to the next level. Uh, what am I talking about? Sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Oh, my gosh. I don't yeah. know. Oh, it's it's going to be insane. about that right now. It's, it's going to be insane. It, it really, and, you know, uh, speaking of insane and, 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 and things that I really looked forward to. Uh, this was back in 2014. You remember uh, uh, there was uh, talk about a spinoff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. featuring uh, Mockingbird and Lance Hunter. It was called yes. Most Wanted. Yep. Yes. And uh, it, it was going to feature uh, uh, Dominic Fortune, who is probably one of the coolest Marvel characters out there. And he's so underused. But when he shows up, oh my gosh, he's it's just awesome. Well, he's a very underrated character. Yes, he really is. He, and, and so I was really excited uh, at this prospect, especially having two shield agents who become mercenaries, more or less. They they just got me right where I lived, but it was not meant to be. So uh, nope. in this in this uh, this is a story from MCUExchange.com. Um, so there. Uh, so along with uh, Adrian Blicky and Nick Blood and Delroy Lindo, who is going to be ca- who's cast as Dominic Fortune. Um, I can never, I can never hear Nick Blood's name without thinking. Now there was a guy who was born to play in a comic book show. Seriously, I mean, you could. That is the kind of ki- name that you would see in a comic book, it, it, not not on a real guy. No, yeah. I, I'm like Nick Blood. Really, that that's your real name? Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Nick uh, Blood, Private Eye. Like, do you have an eye patch? I just need to know. He yeah. needs to. <laughs> Nick and Blood, so, Blood Donor. He probably he probably did that. Yeah. Uh, or, if he or, gives money to somebody, then yes, he will be a blood donor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, I am I am derailing your your story. Please. No, no, it, it's uh, quite all right. But so the, there were a couple other characters that were in this. There was uh, uh, Fernanda Andre Andrade Andre something like that, who was uh, playing his niece and Odette Fair, who is just always awesome. 
awesome in wherever he does. Yes, uh, was going was teased as being uh, a well-known comic character, but the his identity was never released. So now the thing is, this series was never picked up. Um, but it's uh, so, but apparently. Uh, Adrian Palicki actually got to see the pilot, and she gave. And, and this is a tease of what she saw. Okay, so this is a, this is a direct quote. Oh, I saw the pilot, and it was actually really, really good. It was a little darker, grittier. It's kind of an extension of what we were dealing with before, where uh, where we like ended up trying to get married again, and all hell breaks loose because people are after us. Ultimately, it's just us kind of fighting for our lives it's so you know you know you know we we've seen what happens when the two of them get together and you know invariably trouble follows them and they they take care of it handily but um i digress so it's so uh, as uh the article continues it just seems that the the show would have been for for those of us that were fans of ages of shield it would have been um not a max version but maybe 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 your standard Marvel Comics version if it was written by, I don't know, Garth Ennis. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I said a lot, and it says here that a lot of elements might have found their way into S.H.I.E.L.D., which has become a more darker and grittier show with each season. Uh, and it was still a weird time if you considered the show was once described as a no-brainer for renewal, which I remember when it was. Uh, only for it to be canceled shortly, uh, shortly after, and, and and that's true too. But now, no, now we're sitting on not just this season, but also uh, one more, one, uh, an additional season is coming as well. Yeah. Um. So now yeah, I, it's that. Th- that was a, that was a shock too. That Shield's been renewed for an eighth eighth season. Yes. And this season hasn't even dropped yet. Exactly. You remember back not too long ago, we were we were seriously worried that we might not get a fifth season? That's true. Well, well I mean, the even thing before, was they were so hot to drop everything, you know? Even before then, we were going, you and I were talking, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s done after Avengers. Right. Or wrong. Yeah. yeah. Then we said, okay, after after Winter Soldier. Well, wrong. And, and you know, it's... And at first, I felt like that maybe the idea was they were going to use the show... To sort of bolster, uh, bolster uh, whatever was going on in the movies, but it became its own thing. And honestly, probably the best thing that they could have even done was when they brought in Ghost Rider, and they yeah. ended up going. They end up going with the whole Pods uh, story idea. Yeah, yeah, I think the Pods was the single best innovation that they made on that show. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that, that. I felt like that's when the show became more comic book in all the best ways possible. See, they should have done that sooner. They should have. They well, should hindsight have. is twenty twenty. so yeah. yeah, I agree. But you know, the thing is, and that's one of those things that like, you know, to to, to sit there and you watch, uh, to, to watch that, that season, and you know, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm watching this, and we're, and we have Ghost Rider, and, and Ghost Rider fits, and, 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 and on top of that, they were, they were 
were able to kind of be a little bit darker. It, it was... I don't know. It was, it was such. It, it re- I, I felt like that gave uh, Agents of Shield the the extra lifelines it needed. Yeah, I feel like it did. And as much as at the time that I was not happy with the hashtag, it's all connected, but not really. Right. I, I kind of look back on it now, and I'm kind of like, I'm glad they didn't try to tie it in too closely. Right. Yeah. Because because they are their own. It, they are their own storyline. They are their own adventures. Right. Would would I like to see a little bit of tie-in every now and then? Sure. It would be nice, but it, it has taken me this long to come around to the official line way of thinking. Right. That, yes, it's too much of a logistical headache. And so, you know, I don't mind it now. No. Well, I, I don't know. I wish the show exists. I hope they bring it to Disney+. Plus. But I... Yeah, Most Wanted would be great. Oh, um, dude. But, I mean... Shield, you know, everything going on. It's been a pleasant surprise that the show's still going. Right. And, and I'm happy for that. But. Um, I don't think I have a but. It's it's just one of those moving it to summer and what they're doing for summer with it is what they should have done with Agent Carter. Exactly. Yeah. I would love to see a new Marvel show on ABC during or a full 22, 24 episode run. Um, but I don't know what we would get at this point in time. But right. I think we need another show to kind of help carry through some of this other stuff. Now, with mm-hmm. the All Connected, we saw that briefly with Nick Fury showing up, with Lady Sif showing up. Yeah. But I wish there was more. I wish we had Tony Stark, not Iron Man, but Tony Stark, make a brief appearance to help with tech. You know, I think what would be even better, though, would be either Hawkeye or Black Widow. Yes. Those two would have made so much mo- the most sense in my mind. Yeah. Because, you know, they are S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives. Right. Yeah. Well, you even to see Cap, you know, Steve Rogers. Stankley, he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. operative as well. Right. So, um, I don't know. It, it it would have been more interesting if there was, I mean, I agree with you, Eric, the level of it's all connected was great. I could have used a bit more. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to, I mean, the show referenced the movies. I would have loved to have seen a nod back to the show occasionally. Not every film, but maybe in the Avengers films. Right. Well, I mean, we, we and we are getting that to a degree with Captain Marvel because we're getting Nick Fury and we're getting, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, um Yeah, no, 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 not him. Not him. Um, oh, yeah, that is him. Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. No, I'm, I'm being facetious. You know, you got Phil Coulson, you got Nick Fury. Granted, younger versions. Right. But, but it will be good to see Phil in a, a Marvel movie again. Yeah. And for all we know, we just might in Endgame. That's true, true, too. too. I mean, they've kind of winnowed down the cast from the start of Infinity War. I mean, they've got a few slots open. Right. Yeah. So why not bring in... Agent Daisy or Agent May or Fitzsimmons. Very true. Very true. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. They're going to need some scientific help. Tony is not there. What if you saw Fitzsimmons come in? That's true. Uh, That works. I'm just saying there are plenty of opportunities for somebody from, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or even even the Netflix series. Though I I doubt you'll see that. But just anybody from there to come in. And I mean, 
you're you're probably going to see Agent Carter at some point in Endgame. Right? Well, I'm certain in some that, sort yeah. of flashback. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Well, speaking of flashbacks, so to speak, um, Marvel's Spider-Man for PS4 uh, is getting something Fantastic Four related soon. Uh, according to Marvel's Ryan Panagos, aka Agent M, aka a guest on this show many years ago. Um, Is that the official friend of the show tune? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to disable that, but it was a pop-up <laughs> from the browser. Um, he goes, something fantastic, quote-unquote, is coming to Marvel Spider-Man real soon. I can't tell you anything more right now, but you'll want to keep an eye out. It's going to be amazing and fantastic. Uh, now, Panagos did not elaborate further on the stream, which also highlighted Fantastic Four appearances in other games such as and uh, I know Fantastic Four is making an appearance in um, in Champions Marvel Champions right um, there was reference to Fantastic Four in Strike Force that if you okay. enter a if you log in and enter and check your mailbox there is a code for Fantastic Four number one free digital copy nice uh, I got my copy of course, if you have Marvel Unlimited, you could get to that just about any time you wanted. Yes. Well, it's the newer Fantastic Four number one, which uh, is not available yet on Marvel Unlimited because okay. it hasn't been six months. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, now, the best guess is that it's going to be another suit for Spider-Man. Uh, of course, Insomniac debuted a suit based on Sam Raimi's Spider-Man for free around the holidays. Um, the best guesses are... Uh, uh, IGN's senior comics editor, Josh Yeel, uh, presented these as his best guesses. Since the most likely suit candidates are Bombastic Bagman. Is that the picture you sent us? Yes, that is the picture that I sent y'all. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Bombastic Bagman, uh, it tied into uh, the post-Secret War Spider-Man where he had the symbiote outfit. He ditched the outfit at the Baxter building where I guess, you know... <laughs> Mr. Fantastic was studying it, but he basically put on a spare Fantastic Four costume and literally put a bag over his head. And that is, he didn't have boots on, so he had his like stirrup pants, bare feet, yep. his Fantastic Four gloves, and a bag on his head. That is the outfit. And I'm thinking that would be hilarious. And that was one of the theories I was going to bring up if you hadn't mentioned it. Oh, I did. Sorry. Well, you did. Or, what else did he guess at? Uh, the black and white future foundation suit. That was another one I was going to bring up. Uh, yes. His reasoning is Spider-Man has a long history with the Fantastic Four and yes. he has served as a member on one or, on more than one occasion. If Spidey is going to get a fantastic new suit, then one option is the infamous bombastic Eggman costume, um, which as you said, after Spider-Man had his black symbiote suit removed by Reed Richards so if he analyzed, he was given a spare Fantastic Four costume to wear on the web swing home. Uh, but because the Fantastic Four Four members don't wear masks. He had to put a paper bag over his head to hide his identity. Um, now, with the black and white future foundation suit, uh, which he donned after the death of 
his best friend, Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch, and join the team in his honor. Now, that's, there's also a couple of what-if issues that deal with this. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the very first ones, really, was what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? Right. And it became the Fantastic Five. Yeah, uh, oh, I remember that. Yeah, during the storyline, uh, they, they relied on Spider-Man so much that Sue was not going out on missions with them anymore. And as a result, she fell in love with Namor the Submariner. Oh. And then that led to another What If episode saying that followed through the sequel to that where basically she runs off to marry Namor and the rest of the team go and it's pretty much a war between them and Atlantis. Okay. Things do not end well. <laughs> Sounds a bit fishy to me. Yeah, well. Uh, uh-huh. I know you guys are in just you know, a wave of emotion over that. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is any guy, here, here's the thing. Namor likes running around that little green and yellow Speedo anyway. Yeah. So, so, so that, you know, you, 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 and, and he's not exactly the nicest guy on the planet. No. So are you, you gotta, saying Sue, are you saying Sue is having a thing for a bad boy? He brings the bad boy vibe. I mean, you look at, you look at Reed and you look at Namor, just saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna say, you know what, guys? It's time for our picks of the week. Woo! I do want to throw in one other thing, though. Okay. Before we get to that, my other thought of what this could be doing. Now, there, I have seen things. Well, it's a whole new DLC. I don't think so because, as Somniac said, they're only doing those three DLCs for the city that never sleeps. So they would have to go back on that to introduce something else, not outside the area of possibility. But I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I think another possibility that we may see is the Baxter building. Oh. Yeah. The original Baxter building added into the map or maybe for Freedom's Plaza. Yes. See, I'm so jealous so, of you guys having this game. Yeah, The Baxter building or for Freedom's Plaza, they're not in the game right now. They're not in the map. But, I mean, that would be something awesome if it was. It was. So I'm yeah, thinking it it's be. either going to be it's either going to be the building or it's going to be a suit. I will be shocked. Plus Pleasantly shot, but shot if you have the actual characters from Fantastic Four in there, or if there is some kind of DLC adventure package that comes out for it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm going to start us off this week. It's our first picks of 2019. Um, my first pick, and I'm going to admit, this is one of those times the books I usually read, not many are available. We, 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 we've talked about in the past, these are our picks of what we, what attracts us for this coming week if it's not stuff we normally pick up. Me, normally, after just looking at my pull list, I normally pick up every Marvel Star Wars title because I'm very obsessed that way. I'm not missing out like I did when I had the old stuff and I let it go. That was 112 issues that I let go. Ooh! Yeah, I, I think I had the entire Star Wars run. And oh, man. Just, yeah. I, or a good yeah, chunk of it. Yeah, I those too. Good yeah. chunk of it. Um, so now I'm kind of Going, I'm not. Re- I'm not going to regret that again. 
uh, and I'm slowly rebuilding the 77 to 85 run. But um, so everything's Star Wars. And right now I'm very diligent on the West Coast Avengers. I'm loving where this is going. This series is going. And I was, and you guys know, I'm a big West Coast guy. Yes. And I was very hesitant on this series when it was announced. Very skeptical. Uh, it's, it's gone. I, I'm loving the series. Um, but this week, there was some tough stuff. Because I'm looking and I'm going, I'm not seeing a lot that really grabs me. So the one that did grab me first, again, is one that's in my pool list. Star Wars Age of the Republic Special Number 1. Uh, I did pick up Qui-Gon. I did pick up Maul. I have not read them yet. But uh, this is by Ethan Sachs. Hey, familiar name. Um, Carlos E. Gomez and Rod Reese. The greatest heroes of the Republic, the deadliest villain, villains, and everyone in between. Four creative teams, four stories featuring your favorite Star Wars characters. The baddest Jedi in the galaxy has a score to settle. Mace Windu returns in an action-packed adventure from old man Hawkeye's Ethan Sachs. Great character for Ethan to have to do a story on. I can't wait to read it. Uh, you can run, but you can't hide from the twin lightsabers of Sith assassin Asanje Ventress. Mm. Fill her fury in a tale expertly woven by Star Wars comic scribe Jody Hauser. Um, and then, uh, of course, she did Thrawn, The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew, and The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows. And is Jar Jar Binks' role in Star Wars story over? Not by a long shot, because the writer of Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, and Marvel 2-in-1, Chip Zdarsky, um, has a rancor bone to pick with the galaxy's most notorious Gungan. I'm scared. <laughs> um, you could take the clone out of the war, but you can never take the war out of the clone. Uh, Captain Rex dusts off his blaster and enters the fray in a story by X-Men Gold author Mark Guggenheim. This is going to be an incredible book. Mm-hmm. With the up-and-comer Ethan Sachs, which Old Man Hockey, Hawkeye was a great run, uh, to Jody Hauser, to Chip Zdarsky, to Matthew Guggenheim. Talking about a talent showcase right there. Well, yeah. So, yep. Um, so, Eric, why don't you go next? My first uh, pick of the week is uh, like you. It, it just it just seemed like a slow time of the year for me in the stuff that I that I like to pick. Uh, but I did see that Conan the Barbarian has come back to Marvel. Yay! Yay! And it's it's that was one of the first comic book titles I ever remember reading back when Marvel had it. So my first pick of the week is Conan the Barbarian number two by Jason Aaron, Mahmoud Azrar, and Isad Rebic. Beyond the Savage Border, Conan finds himself beyond the Black River, surrounded by the warlike Icts. But the tribesman may be the least of his worries if he cannot fight his way through the demonic beast slithering around the forest. The epic return of the mighty Conan continues. Oh, a P.S. parental advisory. Uh, <laughs> Cause, you know. Just cause just cause <laughs> so kylan your uh, your first pick my first pick of the week is a number one <clears throat> it's black widow number one by jen soska flaviano clayton crane and sylvia soska and hell followed with her natasha romanoff was trained to kill for years now she's tried to overcome that programming to side with the angels to be a hero and where did that get her killed by one of the few true friends she allowed 
herself to have. Now she's back from the dead, angry as hell, and finding those better angels harder and harder to hear. Jen and Sylvia Soska, the twisted twins of horror, join rising artist Flaviano to weave a web of vice, violence, and vengeance that will net uh, Natasha the biggest bad man she's ever faced, or put her back in the grave for good. Okay. This feels like it should be a, uh, a Marvel Max title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Well, my second pick of the week, written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, is Carlos Magno and Bruce Bruce Goose, um, or Goose. He's more than welcome to come on the show, and we'll talk about it. You know, he can correct us. Uh, it's Invaders number one. The greatest generation of Marvel heroes is back to stop one of their own in commemoration of Marvel's 80th anniversary and springing from events in the pages of Avengers in the best defense. The Marvel's first super team is back. Captain America, the Human Torch, the Winter Soldier, Namor. They fought in World War II together as the invaders, but now Namor is the enemy, a global threat more powerful than ever. His deadly plans are as deep and far-reaching as the ocean and revelations about his past could threaten the Marvel Universe. It's up to his old teammates to stop him, but what chance do they have against the man who knows their every move? War Ghost begins here. And I love the new look of Namor in this on this cover. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. love the cover in general with the bomb, oh, yeah. the old bombers in the back. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's great. So Eric, your second pick. Okay. Um I did say this was kind of a slow time of the year for me, but uh this is probably going to be the most expensive item I have ever picked as part of the picks of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh the reason being uh, according to things from another world which is which is uh, one of the websites sites that we pull from for uh, for solicits. Uh, it, it's a pre-order for $100 even. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a regular price of $125. Uh-huh. But I think this is worth it because it is Conan the Barbarian Omnibus Volume 1. It's a hardcover. Oh, man. By Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith. Oh, my gosh. Oh, going way back. The original back. Marvel Conan is back. The greatest saga in sword and sorcery history begins the saga of Conan. Born on a battlefield in the frozen lands of Samaria, Conan fights his way through the untamed Hyborian kingdoms, sparing no man, woman, or wizard his wrath. His inventions become legend. He will become king. Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith brought Robert E. Howard's iconic creation to four-color life with work that set new standards for comic book storytelling, and Marvel is honored to present each story, each cover, and each letter's page, all painstakingly restored to match the majesty of the original editions. In these early exploits, Conan ventures from his homeland for the first time, honing his skills as thief, mercenary, pirate, and above all, warrior. This is collecting Conan the Barbarian uh, from 1970, the series starting, numbers 1 through 26, and material from Savage Tales number 1, number 4, Chamber of Darkness number 4, and Conan Classic numbers 1 through 11. And oh yeah, parental advisory on these two. <laughs> just a little. Uh, just a bit. All right. Yeah. So, Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is Black Panther number eight, uh, brought to us by Tanahisi Coates, Kev Walker, Paolo Rivera, and Daniel Acuna. The Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda, The Gathering of My Name, Part 2. For years, the Maroons have lain dormant, planning the next stage of their rebellion. At last, it is time to strike, with a treasure hunt of for unstable vibranium. And 
with the, the Black Panther once again in their ranks, they're certain of victory. But what will victory cost? When the chips are down, will the Maroons rise to heroism, or are they doomed by the trauma of their past? Okay. Well, my final pick is by Nick Spencer, Ryan Otley. It's Amazing Spider-Man number 13. You know what's annoying? Having to save J. Jonah Jameson's life. Sure, he's been on Spider-Man's uh, Spidey's side for a little while, but after years of making Spider-Man's life a living heck, I feel this is this amount of responsibility should should come with even more power. Anywho, other than most of New York, who anyway, who other than most of New York would want to punish J. Jonah Jameson? So, uh, Eric, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is another collection, but uh, it's not quite nearly as expensive expensive as the Conan dude we didn't do the the, the special tone this time <laughs> no this is uh this is the what if classic trade paperback complete complete collection volume one uh titanic tales of triumph and tragedy in the mighty marvel tradition with a twist overseen by the watcher the most offbeat series of all revisited major marvel moments asking the tantalizing question what if imagine the that a young Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four. We talked about this. Consider yeah. the Hulk with Bruce Banner's brain, which Peter David explored. Envision a world where the Avengers never existed, or one where they assembled in the 1950s. How about the Fantastic Four with different powers? Daredevil's secret exposed. Cap and Bucky surviving World War II. The first time Jane Foster wielded the hammer of Thor, a different Hulk, or multiple Spider-People. Mm-hmm. Some of the ideas that shook Marvel's foundations began in the realm of remote possibility. But can even Uatu believe his eyes when Jack Kirby reimagines himself and his fellow bullpen legends as the Fantastic Four? This is collecting What If, the 1977 series, numbers 1 through 12. Okay. Kylan, I love the What Ifs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is Man Without Fear, number three, brought to us by Jed McKay, Danilo Bayruth, and Kyle Hotz. Hotz, one of those two. Um, <laughs> Daredevil is gone, but Hell's Kitchen is still a place of heroes and villains. Foggy Nelson in issue one, The Defenders in issue two, The Mini Loves of Matt Murdock in issue three, The Kingpin in issue four, and The Mysterious Garden De- Guardian Devil in issue five. We'll all learn what it means to live in a world without a Daredevil. And without a Daredevil to protect it, has Hell come for his city? Who is the man without fear? Okay. Well, I've also got the MU pick, which if you kind of want to know who gets the MU pick each week, is whoever starts us off for picks of the week. Um, that way we have a little extra time to, to prep. Well, my MU pick for this week, first for 2019, Punisher Noah, issue one. Ooh, okay. And I went with this because the uh, Punisher second season trailer kind of dropped this week, and it's a gorgeous mm-hmm. trailer as well. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the synopsis for this. It's the Roaring Twenties and mobster Dutch Schultz's iron-fisted reign is about to meet its greatest challenge. But will the greatest threat to his criminal empire come from Thomas Dewey and the government? Will it come from fellow mobsters like Lucky, or Lucky Luciano or Al Capone? No, it will come in the form of a man sporting a familiar skull symbol and a gun in his hand. Because once the Punisher hits the scene, the mean streets are about to get a whole lot meaner. OK, 
Okay, so we've had Punisher Noir mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Noir. Yes. Who else would make a good Noir? Oh, there, there's Deadpool Noir. Noir. There's Luke Cage Noir. Luke Cage Noir is really good. Okay. And there's a there's an X-Men Noir too. Okay. So those, uh, so I think those are five. There may be more. Uh, uh, there's been Daredevil Noir, Iron Man Noir, uh, Weapon X Noir, and Wolverine Noir. That is Ooh. it. How about a Moon Knight Noir? Oh man, that'd be awesome. Or or a Ghost Rider. Ooh, Ooh that'd be good. Yeah. Hey, Tom Brevort, if you're listening this week, you remember how you said that if you wanted to bring a character out, you could? Hey, we just threw you two good ones. There about, you go. How about Hawkeye Norwalk? Oh, I, 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 I would support that. So, so yeah, that's my pick. Any f- final thoughts? Oh, congratulations to Spider-Man to do the Spider-Verse for winning Best Animated Golden Globe. Yes. yes. Great movie. Zoe loved it. Well, that's because Spider-Gwen was in it. That too. That too. <laughs> so, any other final thoughts? Uh, I can't think of anything. Then, on that note, Jarvis, if you would. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. So, first show of the year, 2019. And I'm stumped for a show title. Really? You're really stumped? Yeah. How about that right there? (laughs) What? I'm really stumped? We're stumped for a show title. I I, I go for that. Honesty. Transparency. Easy. It's why the people (laughs) love us.